It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, good afternoon. Welcome. It is the Laurie and Julia show on My Talk 107. Want everything entertainment. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We have another New York Times bestselling author on the show, our third in as many weeks. When you're hot, you're hot. And also, we're going to talk next hour movies with uh, movie critic Chris Hewitt from the Pioneer Press. That's right. If you read Kristen, if you've been a fan of Kristen Hanna, because she's written about 20 books, but she really exploded with her book, The Nightingale. And people were hungry for it after All the Light You Cannot See, World War II, about these mm-hmm. two sisters. Amazing mm-hmm. book. And that she sold like 4 million copies of that, and Sony wow. optioned it. And now this is her next book called The Great Alone. Absolutely fantastic. Julia called me this morning. She made it to Bismarck last night on the drive to Woo-hoo. Bozeman. And she said... You have to tell me I'm in absolute suspense. I just keep pressing, pl- you know, she was so Is she listening she's to the listening book? listening to the book. It's On a 15-hour drive. It's a 15-hour book, so it's kind oh. of perfect. But she's just like with sometimes a book. Yes. She's like, I'm in unbearable suspense. I said, I'm not telling you a thing. Keep driving. You're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, Kristen, really excited that she's oh, going to be on at 3.30. And, um... Very excited. It's the uh, Boys Hockey State Tournament. Uh, Duluthies Greyhounds right now, I think, are winning 2 nothing over uh, yeah, St. Michael that. Albertville, right. which I know it's their first time in the tournament, but I'm go Greyhounds, East BC forever. East BC. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, I know what Plus, you're saying. Plus, I'm having all my flashbacks of being a hockey oh, girlfriend. Yeah, you're you're lusting after the mullets and the, and the, oh, and, and my the, and the smell of you know pungent what? trousers. Just just like in uh, the 70s, 80s, 90s, no matter what year, the hockey players come in like two camps. They either look really super clean cut or they grow ha- every yeah. available hair they can, whether it's on their head, their face, and they look older. And yes. they just have masses of hair. Yes. Yes. Like we saw some handlebars last time we were watching it at bowling. It's a point of pride at that age. Yeah, you really? can grow a handlebar mustache. You're going to do it just because. I graduated from high school in 1977. Let me tell you, at least half of our class, the guys had mustaches. And I'm talking big, full Tom Selleck, oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Magnum P.I. <laughs> okay. Mustaches, yeah. No, <laughs> I got mustache. a real problem oh. with all these, uh, that I love that 70s look. Well, I hope to see some good hockey hair, yeah. as we have in years past. I yeah, mean, the mullets, guy. the side mm-hmm. shaves, oh, the, yeah. the little shapes in the sides of the heads. I'm sure the guy has already started it. Uh, put it together. If somebody has it, tweet it to us. We'd totally love it. And yes. also today is International Women's Day. There have been just a lot of 
really, I mean, Twitter is yeah. really great today. Mm-hmm. There's just some amazing stuff out there. Uh, and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle celebrated International Women's Day. Here's how they did it. There's a lot of excitement here in Birmingham this morning where Meghan Markle and fiance Prince Harry have come to empower the next generation of young women. They're meeting with students to celebrate International Women's Day less than two months before the couple says, I do. Cheers for the bride-to-be in Birmingham this morning as Meghan Markle and Prince Harry arrive to celebrate International Women's Day. The couple working to empower young girls. Their first stop, meeting the next generation of women in science, technology, engineering and math. Meghan bringing her star power to the celebration. The former Suits star, no stranger to fighting for women's rights. Lending her voice to the Me Too campaign at a forum for the Royal Foundation last month. Women don't need to find a voice. They have a voice. They need to feel empowered to use it. And people need to be encouraged to listen. Yet today's decidedly high-profile affair comes amid news of a very private event. Markle taking another major step on her road to royalty. Reportedly (laughs) baptized and confirmed into the Church of England this week. Well, we know that Meghan Markle was baptized on Tuesday of this week, and it happened inside the Chapel Royal. Now, this is a very small, it's a very intimate chapel inside uh, St. James's Palace, and it means that this week, Ms. Markle has taken a very significant step to becoming a member of the British royal family. According to the Daily Mail, the Archbishop of Canterbury conducted the secret ceremony Ooh. using holy water from the River Jordan. Oh. Fiancé Prince Harry <laughs> by her side. The intimate gathering, attended by Markle's future father-in-law, Prince Charles, and the Duchess of Cornwall, taking place at the Chapel Royal, where little Prince George was christened in 2013. Markle, who was raised Protestant and attended Catholic school in Los Angeles, didn't have to change her religion in order to marry Harry. But the move is a nod to Harry's grandmother, who as Queen of England also heads the Church of England. That's right. And guys, although she isn't in the royal family just yet, at least one new poll out this morning has found that Meghan Markle was voted as the most relatable female royal by young Brits, the American actress winning hearts and minds across the pond. There you go. In less than two months, Holly. I can't, I can't they wait. Love her. Yeah. I can't I wait. Well, they love her. Of course, she's the most relatable. Yeah. I. It's interesting that, you know, she's talking and she's taking that more public role. I wouldn't know what Kate Middleton sounds like. No, I know. She's just an hear. image. Yeah. We never hear from her. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. And it is, uh, uh, Donnie did post a photo. She's very approachable. She hugged a little girl that said, I want to be an actress like Aww. you when they were at this uh um, the International uh, Women's the, Day yeah, event. Yeah, the Oasis <laughs> Academy. And just uh, real quick, five numbers to have in, to have handy when dudes ask why there's an International Women's Day. Yes. Okay. Because let's face it, somewhere along the day, if it hasn't happened already, it will. You're going to get trolled yeah. by somebody. Just so you know, there is an International Men's Day, and that is November 19th. I did not know that. Yes. To highlight discrimination against men and boys and celebrate positive male role models November 19th. Mm -hmm. Here's another number for you to know. Uh, Women are going to have to wait another 217 years for economic equality. What? Yep, that came from the World Economic Forum, which is a survey of 144 countries. The gender gap is actually widening. Mm. So that's 217 years. Uh, We will, in the United States, receive equal pay, a dollar per dollar, because right now women earn 80 cents to every dollar a man earns. Yeah, We'll get parity, dollar for dollar, in the year 
2559. Oh, no. <laughs> 20, wait, 25? Or excuse me, 20. 20 oh, 20 fi- okay, I was 20 like, 59. we have to wait another five no, centuries no, for equal 20 pay, But that's still a long time. Oh, that is yeah. yes. one well, years. And then I I, could, I don't know the exact date, but I, sure, I don't think we've reached it yet. We're women for 2017 where they've reached equal pay oh, yeah. for men for the year. I know it's kind of around this time of year. Yeah, and so oh. the year 20... Five nine. 20, 25 nine. 2059. Yes. Is that how you say it? In the yeah. year 25. I mean, isn't that, is that 31 years from now? About. Uh, I'm okay. not doing math right now, but about. I, I think want, that's safe to say. I want someone to do the quick math. Well, that's, that's 41 years from now. 41, oh, even worse. Even oh, worse. Crap. And uh, the number of girls not in school around the world is 130 million uh, girls. So. Yeah. And, Many studies have shown that education, getting women into schools and young girls into schools is going to make a difference. So that's why we have International Women's Day. All right. When we come back, it's our story. We can't get... Okay, Lori, your Greyhounds have five goals. Oh, good. The other team doesn't have any. Oh, good. Yes. I felt like what what I watched. I, I felt like uh, East was out skating them and had a lot more puck action and shots on goal. Well, Listen to this. Now to East, action. puck action. Listen, so whoa. they're regulars in the state Listen, hockey tournament, oh, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they are. They are. They really are. They are. They haven't been, I don't think, in, two, in the last two years. I think they didn't make it to the tournament the last year. But they are a, a hockey powerhouse, as it were. Yes. And yes, Donnie, this is my one... I have two sports that I love, okay, that I pay any attention to. Yeah, hockey. And hockey, the, the boys' high school hockey tournament, and then the World Series. I mean, this oh, is a big deal. I remember, I remember growing up that the teachers would let us watch the state hockey tournament in our classrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Nothing is getting done. super into it. And when your school Goes. makes it to the state hockey yeah. tournament, I mean, forget there's it. A, nothing's going to get done. Yeah, there's no busloads of kids and parents and people oh, so that uh, drove down for the... And then Hermantown, they've been a perennial. Although, you know, people want them to go up and move up to a bigger league. Oh, because... Not be in the smaller school sure, league. Because, because they're the big fish in the small pond. Well, that and the fact that, you know, Duluth Central, that high school closed. So the spillover of that, that was a big, pretty big high school. And the kids went to East Denfeld and Hermantown. Hermantown is a bigger school now than what it originally started. They as. need to evolve is what you're move saying. Up, Maybe move LA. up into a different but let class. Let me tell you my theory about why they Please. don't want this to happen. I'm ready okay. to go. The hockey tournament... This is the time of the year that, you know, all eyes on Channel 45, you know, because they're broadcasting it and everything. But um, it's more exciting for the tournament overall to have a couple of schools for sure from up north so that you've got that dividing line. You've got that excitement. It isn't as exciting. The best matchup is when it's a Northland team. And then a city school. Well, then it's a true state hockey tournament. Yes, yeah. So I think that's one reason. And the schools up, um, you know, Grand Rapids still has good, but like Aurora Hoyt Lakes and Eveleth and Virginia and Gilbert, those, there's the population has dwindled. Dwindled. So they don't have. Yeah, well, I mean, the only northern team in the AA is Duluth East. Yeah. That's it. The rest are all southern teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by the way, assuming Duluth East 
wins well, this game. They're going to, Danny. Who will they play? <laughs> they will play the cake eaters of Eden. Oh, and oh. people love that. That is a great <laughs> yes. game. That is a great game. There's Both, drama. There, oh. oh, so good. Oh, that's we really exciting. Well, good luck to the Bulldogs. This I know. Afternoon. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So, well, who, who was it? The yeah. Greyhounds. Oh, the Greyhounds. Yeah, Easty Beasties. You can see how I'm Easty Beasties. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember that. Yeah, I remember that one. Easty Beasties. Yeah, the, the, okay, so obsessed right now with this book that is just come out donnie i know that we are like um you know we're batting a thousand with our new york times uh bestsellers uh books and everything but i do love a good memoir and uh, apparently Kristen casey has written a memoir that by all accounts from the reviews i'm reading it just came out or it's coming out march 13th yeah, so copies already. Uh, copies already on the way. Okay, so here's far from bitter self pitying. Rock Monster is an honest account of one woman's life changing experience in a relationship with rock legend Joe Walsh of the Eagles. I'm in. I'm in already. <laughs> I'm in already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I was like Kristen Casey. I don't know that name. No, you don't. And we wouldn't know her name. No, and it's her long and winding journey from life in the fast lane to sobriety and redemption. At, when you read it, you're envious. It's glamorous. It's debauchery and it's disturbing. It's set in the late 80s and 90s, which are some of Joe Walsh's Darkest years. Mm-hmm. Donnie, if you can look and see how long he's been married to Barbara Bach's sister. Okay. Barbara Bach is married to Ringo Starr. Right. And so basically Ringo and Joe Walsh are brother-in-laws, and I think they've been brother-in-laws for like 20 years. But uh, they're married to the Bach sisters, and yes. Joe is married to... 10 years they've been married. They've been married 10 years. So yeah. um, it's... Uh, it, okay, so it's set in the late 80s and 90s. His darkest years, addiction to a stunning comeback with the Eagles' Hell Freezes Over tour. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 94-ish, maybe? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Loaded with true stories we've never heard before, Rock Monster is essential reading for classic rock fans and anyone touched by addiction. She pulls no punches, sharing gritty details with self-awareness, humor, and affection, it's the worldly lie wise book that only an ex addict, ex stripper, and ex rock chick could give us. And in the tradition of women and rock survivors, think Marianne Faithful, Joe Wood, Crystal Zevon, she pulls a veil on the myth of the lifestyle's glamorous decadence and its crazy and sexy cautionary tale of two addicts in love without one single relationship skill. Wow. Wow. Are you in? Wow. I'm okay. totally in. Apparently, there's a lot of drama that happened on the first Ringo Starr All-Star Tours band. With he with, and it, Joe it, Walsh? With he and Joe Walsh in the early 90s. So it seems like she might be dishing on that a little on bit. On that? Okay. Well, she was his girlfriend for six years. She was a 20-year-old stripper the night she met him in an huh. Austin, Texas hotel room. True love. And um, in the book... <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, 
Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. She said how uh, Gary Busey oh. begged in vain to get on stage and play with Joe at the Greek Theater in L.A., Gary Buser told her, listen, everybody wants to be a rock star, especially actors. Mm-hmm. Um, then she had one other little, just this is just a tidbit. Another night she recalls Jack Nicholson barging into Joe Walsh's dressing room to do bumps of cocaine, cocaine. for people who don't know. Rushing off and then reappearing with Harry Dean Stanton and a handful of fans. Joe watched from the doorway more amused than anything as Nicholson held court. Oh, man. Um, she's not her memory. One memory she shares about Stevie Nicks. I'd never seen anyone talk so much and say so little. Maybe oh, that's just how she was. I thought incredibly ridiculously ditzy. Oh. But that was in her full blown. Okay. I met oh, she yeah. was in the, well, the earth. I feel like the late eighties and early nineties did her not in, treat. The I met 70 her in nineteen eighty five, and yeah. she was with her brother and two Elvira looking chicks. And Stevie they, Nicks, yes, and she walked into the party, and she snapped her fingers, and I think her brother's name was Steve, and she said, "Get me Jack and Coke." And she did she twirl around with a with a nice shawl was, and some sparkles. Yes, right. going I was just like, going, I can't believe Stevie Nicks is here with two ladies who look like Elvira. And then uh, Bonnie Rant gets uh, uh, Kristen Casey doesn't have anything good to say about her. Oh, no. According to the book, she tried to slut shame me one night. Um, huh? Kristen said one night backstage, Bonnie holding my gaze as her mortified friends looked every which way, said to me. Seriously, my husband would never let me out in public looking like that. Oh, somebody was clutching their rock and roll pearls that night. I think so. And uh, anyway, she now lives in Austin and she works in the field of sex therapy. (laughs) And she writes about how she kicked her addictions to drugs and alcohol. And she remained friends with Joe Walsh after they broke up. And no word if he knows about this book, but I bet she sent him a copy. Yeah. When it was already going to be published, like, hey, just thinking of you. Never yeah. mind. But, like, he's going to care. I know. And Pamela DeBar, who, of course, is the, the rock and roll groupie, groupie of all time, mm-hmm. um, author of I'm With The Band, said this is a fantastic book. Oh, they kind of look alike. Yeah, they do. And lots of secrets. Yes. Oh. All right. I think we'll uh, let uh, Joe, Walsh. Joe Walsh from his early days with the James Gang. Great band. Yeah. Take us out. All right. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. Seems to me. Star Wars TV show for Disney's upcoming standalone streaming service. That blast first. Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday. We are just beyond delighted. We have Kristen Hanna with us, and we are big uh, fans of her books, one of our favorite authors. Uh, both Julie and I read the, uh, of course, uh, Nightingale, Firefly Lane. I mean, we go way, way back with you, Kristen, and then we have <laughs> fallen in love with your uh, Alaska novel, The Great Alone. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. It is so. And your number, you know, you're number one on the New York Times. Did you see that? 
I know, it's pretty exciting. It is. And, um, okay, so let's talk about, um, I almost want to just jump in and just have you share the movie news first, because this is very (laughs) exciting. I mean, seriously, I remember after I read All the Light You Cannot See, I thought, what book am I going to read that's going to be as rich and wonderful as that? And it was The Nightingale. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it was sort of lucky that those two books came out together because people just loved both of them so much. It yes. sort of helped, helped us both. Yeah, it really did because you hate, I mean, and that, the Nightingale was just, you know, an amazing, uh, story. And I know that got option. And then I don't know what this means. Sony has preemptively purchased the movie rights to your book, The Great Alone. Yeah, it means, you know, they bought it so quickly, long before it was published, oh. so that nobody else even got to look at it, basically. Got it. That's ah. what that means. Did you get an exploding offer? <laughs> they were pretty excited. I okay. mean, you know, they were, really, they were really pretty excited about it, which is nice. And you've got two women at, um, at the production companies that are going to do, do both of the, turn both your books into movies. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's really exciting, um, you know, to have a, a female studio head and a, and a female producer. And then we've also got, um, for Nightingale, a female director and a female writer. That's so fantastic. So it just feels like this wonderful, you know, moment in time where we can finally have a World War II movie you know, about women. About women and from the women. Yeah, because that the Nightingale, if people haven't read it, you absolutely just have to read it. It's fantastic. And the actresses must be uh, just chasing people down because everybody would want to try out for this and the great alone. Yeah, it's really nice, you know, to be sort of writing strong women um, characters at this moment in time where it seems to be that, you know, that's a part of the national conversation. Yeah. It really is. Now, talk to us about The Great Alone, because um, I could not put it down. And, you know, <laughs> I, I it just really it was a, such a page turner. And it's a big book, you know, It's uh, but it, it just grabbed me right away from the very first page. So if you'll give people a setup of the novel. Well, it's um, it's kind of a coming-of-age story, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's about um, a 13-year-old girl. It's set in 1974, and, you know, her father has come home from the Vietnam War, and he is suffering from undiagnosed, untreated PTSD. And he decides that the way to save them all and to save their family and to make him mentally healthy again is to, you know, trek north in a, in a VW bus and sort of live off the grid in a very isolated and remote corner of Alaska. And, you know, it sort of turns out that, you know, it's all, it's all wonderful in the beginning. The townspeople help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as winter comes on and Alaska becomes increasingly dark and increasingly dangerous, he begins to unravel a bit, and his wife and daughter really begin to realize um, that they're going to have to save themselves. They're going to have to survive on their own. Yeah, oh, I just, you know, I, I really, I fell in love with everybody. I did not fall in love with Ernt. 
<laughs> you know, the, the dad. But, you know, because you do set up his story, you know, he was a POW in Vietnam right. and Vietnam. And, and when people came back from that war, they weren't treated well. And there was real disdain. And I, I feel like you painted the picture of what was societally going on that would contribute to his, like, he felt jumpy in his own skin just from that experience. Well, Absolutely. And that was very much sort of a part of my youth. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm the same age that the character of Lenny, the daughter, would be. And, you know, I really remember... Even as a as a preteen and a and a mm-hmm. young teen, so do I. You know, the vets coming home, um, you know, from Vietnam. I had I wore a POW bracelet. I had friends whose dads never came home, and so uh, my whole life feels, you know, somewhat shaped by that experience. Yeah, and I remember that too. And, and my dad was in the Air Force, and we were living in Japan when. And I remember one time, like in eighth grade, I said to him, the high school's protesting the Vietnam War. This is on the on the Air Force Base. Is it okay if I go and demonstrate? And he's like, who the hell is going to let any of their kids, you know, on in a military base? You know, but that that discipline, like, I mean, so you 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 get that story of Ern, but then, you know, going into really, you know, what is just a verbally, emotionally, and physically abusive relationship. And just the tug and pull of that was just really poignant. And you just, oh, you're such a good writer, Kristen. Well, thank you. (laughs) You know, it definitely, you know, anybody who has any real problems, um, you know, living off the grid in Alaska in the winter isn't going to help. Yeah. And and you do... um, you know, I've only been to Alaska once. Holly, have you ever been? Or no, no. it's it is kind of overwhelming when you go there to realize how big it is and wonder how people live there. And this is I went in, you know, like a couple of years ago in modern time. And it was your interest in setting in Alaska? Is that a true story because of what your family did in Alaska years ago? Well, yeah, in the um, late 70s, early 80s, my dad and, you know, mom, who are who were adventurers, sort of decided that, you know, the lower 48, Washington, was filling up, was changing too fast, and they, they wanted an adventure, and so they went north to Alaska and ended up making really good friends with a homesteading family, and they built what would become our family business, the Great Alaska Adventure Lodge on the banks of the Kenai River. And so, you know, three generations of my family have worked there. It's a real part of sort of the mythology of our family. Yeah. And And I know a lot of these homesteaders. And so it was, you know, it was my opportunity to bring um, my knowledge of Alaska, which might not be like everybody else's. Yeah, well, I mean, the the words, you know, the picture that you paint with your words, it does make you want to go to Alaska in the summer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly just the way I feel about it. Yeah, just the, you know, just the, the your just the physical descriptions of Alaska are are just so uh, wonderful in in the great alone. Thank you. It's just, it's really a magical landscape, Mm -hmm. Um, but you are always very sort of aware in Alaska, even in the endless, you know, sunlit summers, that you are a very, very small person against a a massive backdrop. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I, in the winter, do that many people disappear for real? They do. They more do. More than any other um, state in the country. Yeah. yeah. You just disappear. I mean, who knows? A bear could get you. You could fall through. <laughs> I, I mean, we don't know. And we live in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, there's there's so many places that are just completely remote. We're literally, you know, running out of gas can cost you your life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not going to be cell service. There's not going to be, you know, the police or anyone to call to help you. So if you're in the wrong time, wrong place at the wrong time and you make a critical mistake, yeah, you just are never seen again. Yeah. What would we do, Kristen, if we came to the your the your family's adventure uh, lodge? What kinds of stuff would we would like? We like we we fish or hike or what would we do? You know, I mean, that's the great thing about Alaska. There are so many things to do. It began as a fishing lodge, you know, so people would come up and my brother's a guide or was a guide and he would take people out on the river and they would fish for salmon or trout or they'd go out into the ocean and, you know, um, fish for halibut. But now they also have this magnificent bear viewing camp. Um, there's a scene in the book where Matthew, um, kind of this young love story, where he shows Lenny these bears in a field. And that's really um, my family's bear camp, where you can just go and watch, wow. you know, grizzlies. Oh, my. Wow. From a good, safe distance. A good, safe distance. Yeah. But you don't even need, like, a telephoto lens to take photos. Wow. It's just magnificent. That's amazing. Okay, so, um, Kristen, we have to ask you, all right, so The Great Alone, what number novel is this for you? You know, I'm not sure exactly. I need to really sit down and count, but okay. I think it's like 22, okay. something like that. All right. And are you taking just a break and now you're doing a book tour? Or are you just relaxing, dream casting in your mind, <laughs> the nightingale and the great alone? And I mean, what are you doing? Are you just enjoying the success or are you already hard at work on another book? Sort of all of the above, right. actually. I'm I'm getting ready to go on a, a small, the last leg of my tour in um, California, Southern and Northern California. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go vacation with my husband for a while in um, Hawaii and just, you know, read a ton of books and relax and decompress. And I'm also... About 30 pages into the next book. Okay. All right. I just, I love it. What's the last great book that you read? Ah, Gentleman in Moscow. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've heard this from more than one person that that is the last uh, great book. And then I just have to ask you, because I did read your delightful interview uh, in the New York Times. You're by the book. Uh It was from like last month. Do you right. really, is, was your favorite uh, novel of the past decade, you love The Shadow of the Wind? Do you recommend that? Uh, I adore this book. Have you read it? No, but if you say so, I w- we will. I just think it's, it's magical. It's like this combination of, you know, historical fiction and sort of high drama and young love. And it's a, a time and place. Um, Barcelona that I I didn't know really well. It's by a man named Carlos Ruiz Zafon, and it's just it's this great combination of of sort of literary and commercial fiction. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, thank you. Well, we love to get uh, recommendations from you know people that we do love to read, and honestly, we are have been such big fans of 
of your book. I think the first book we read was uh, Firefly Lane. Well, that's, yeah, that's a while ago. That was my first sort of really big breakout book success. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we read it and we've been reading you ever since. And so we're really excited that the Nightingale is going to be made into a movie, Two Sisters and, you know, World War II. It's amazing. And this book, The Great. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Alone is just wonderful and spellbinding and powerful. And thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for enjoying my work for so long. It really means a lot. Oh, thanks. All right, listen, we got a couple copies, Donnie, to give away, 651-641-1071. And we come back, we're going to Hollywood speak a little bit early. So, what are you trying to say? Hollywood! Hollywood speaking! What is the meaning of this? Oh, what is the meaning of this? God, I was fangirling over Kristen Hannah. Just a little. Uh, when she complimented you, Lori was just like, oh. but the book sounds excellent. I can't wait to read it. It is so good. It is an epic. An epic? It's an epic. Mm-hmm. It's an epic coming of age novel. It really, really is. And have your tissue ready. Just if you read The Nightingale, she knows how to make you go through some Kleenex. A forewarning. Yeah, forewarning. <laughs> forewarning. Okay, this. We, we had Ooh. to move Hollywood speak up because yeah. we know we want to keep Chris Hewitt with us. Uh, double double overtime. How are my Duluthies Greyhounds doing? Well, I'm still... just going to go check there right okay. now and let you know. All right, listen to this, Holly. This, yes, Listen Lori. to this. So Chris Jenner is at the grand opening of NASA, NASEF, MD and Associates, which is Paul NASEF, who was married to what's her name from on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the one um, uh, Adrian Malouf. Oh, Malouf the Hoof. M- he's Malouf. The, he's the from Palm, ba- and he's the from Palm ba- Hotel, right? Yes, and he's from Botched, yep. that sh- television show. So he's Chris's plastic surgeon. Oh, so she goes to his grand opening because well, you've you know, got to support the you team, gotta support, right? And so- she was out loud about her plastic surgery, and she was asked about her daughter. Kylie, her 20-year-old daughter who just, you know, had a baby. And Stormy. Stormy. Here's what Chris said. Oh, what does oh, Chris oh. have to say? Mm. I think she was just born to have kids. What? Kylie. What? This is about Kylie. about Kylie. Yes. This is the first thing she says. I felt like I was the same way. Notice how she quickly got it back to her. Yes. I wanted to have a baby when I was 16 years old. No, you were just horny. (laughs) You were just horny. Exactly. Nobody really wants to have a baby. It happens. It happens. It happened to my mom and dad. Yes. And they did get married and my dad did join the military. But that is not what people actually want. I was born to be well. Yes, I mean she you can was be a born mother to have kids. kids. I think she was born to. Wow, a, way to spin it, Chris Jenner. I uh, have to give it to her. At least she's putting that positive Jenner spin on this whole situation and getting it back to and her. and getting it back yeah. to her. Yeah, I thought about how many kids I would have, so I think that some people are just 
when you know, you know. Okay, Chris, but that's a common activity of many children is that they play house <laughs> right. and they imagine having kids, yes. but they don't do it when they're this young, very deliberately. Yeah. Doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Do- not that often. And as anyone who watched uh, very poignantly on This Is Us, one of the things about Deja and her backstory is that her mom was a, like a senior in high school mm-hmm. and got pregnant had the baby really wanted to give the baby up but her mom wouldn't let her so she kept the baby grandma starts raising the baby but all the girl is really she just wants to be hanging with her friends mm. yeah. of course, and sort of age, what yeah. kind well, of well if we've watched MTV's Teen MTV Mom, Mom we see that narrative time and time, time again, again you know? yes. so it was sort of like I thought it was like a very uh, you know realistic thing it's very difficult yeah. to be a single teen mom teen mom it, or, or young teen yeah, dad or, yeah or young a young parent in general because we're seeing that on uh, the shy about a teenage mm. oh, uh, uh, like right? a 19 year old boy who's got a son mm. sure and just being a young parent like yeah. kylie jenner uh, th- there's so much she was going born on in your life. to have kids oh, i would gosh, be so Chris mad at my jenner. mom if she said that about me oh, yeah. born you know, to have um, kids and give us storylines yeah right well, <laughs> Thanks. Okay, uh, in, a, in, a, in the new tell-all book, Bachelor Nation, um, uh, the author says, the woman, she's a former producer, she said that the producers all had to track if they had a woman assigned to them their menstrual cycle so they could create maximum drama. Stop it. I 100% Stop believe it. it. I totally believe it, too. Because when a group of women live in a house together, you will all cycle together. It, it takes <laughs> it a minute. Happens. It happens. It happens. It happened. Dorm. I, in, the in the dorm. dorm. Freshman oh, year. It happened. Yeah, it happened. Every time I've lived with a group of women, we all would have our periods at the same yeah. time, and it would take, you it know. It takes a couple months in take, order for but the. Then it yeah. does, and everybody, and it's hysterical. <laughs> and when the women cycle together, it created a completely different vibe. And we can say that because yes. we're women. Donnie, you don't need to weigh in, but Holly and I can say that, and I can, I can see, with that and I statement. can see how a female producer would say, "Uh, yeah." Let's everybody try and find out when everybody's having their period and make sure that we set up. Yeah. We just want to make sure that everyone has their supplies. In that's order. right. You know that's, that's what they're doing. <laughs> okay, I didn't see Riverdale last night because oh, I was no. busy bowling. Oh, no. But I'm recoiling just knowing that Veronica and Jughead kissed, <gasps> and fans bad? are really? recoiling in horror. Uh, for those Please Veronica, yeah, illustrate this for okay, us. Okay, Veronica and Jughead would never be attracted to each other. They like each other uh-huh. as friends and they like them for their partners, but they are the opposite sides of each other. No, so no, no. in Riverdale, I'm going based off of my knowledge of these characters in Archie Comics. As Do you they, should. As we should. As so they should. stay somewhat true to the characters in the comic books where Veronica is somewhat like vixenish and then Jughead's kind of an outsider. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. All right, so then I totally buy this. I see why you're upset. Yes, Lori. that is this not... should be happening. No. Did you see that Riley Keough wants to be on Riverdale? I want her to do. What will her role be? I have this no idea. This is Elvis's granddaughter. Elvis's granddaughter right, yeah. wants what to be that, cast on Riverdale. What was that show she was in? 
the girlfriend experience. Girlfriend, girlfriend experience. experience, yeah. And Mark Consuelos plays Veronica's dad. He is just killing it. Just a scene. Steeler Skeet Ulrich is Jughead's dad. He's just fabulous. I love this show, Riverdale, <laughs> so much on the CW. It is so good. If you missed Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars, this is your show, Married. It's just... It's fun. It's, 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 so, kind of, it's, it's salacious. Good. It's bit, yeah. soapy, yes. salacious. And I don't know why I, I am a sucker for stuff yeah. set in high school. But you love Freeform. You love the CW. I these do. are your places, Lori. They are my places. <laughs> anyway, but, Orich, and I love oh. these two hotties sitting beside me right now. Oh, hey, what? <laughs> oh, when did that happen? He was in our studio. We were going right. out of our minds. It was at, <laughs> during I, Jericho. Yeah, during Jericho. Oh, I remember show that Jericho, show. Yeah. And back in the day, because he and Johnny Depp both had breakout movies at about the same time. And then forever after... Skeet Ulrich was sometimes referred to as poor man Johnny Depp. Yeah, I could see that. Because he just really couldn't His break up past. His never he, got yeah. past. I remember him from Scream back in the 90s. Yeah. And that was one of the first big things yes. that I remember yeah. him in. Oh. Yeah. And Emily Ratajkowski named the new face of Poco Rabanne perfume. All that posing, Holly, has paid off. Yes. It really has. You yeah. know how she poses all the time? With nothing on. And and things, some things on. So, so, she, I'm, so I'm glad that she's endorsing a perfume because she doesn't have to wear anything while yeah, she's doing it. <laughs> all right, listen, we, well come, yeah. we come back. I don't know. What are we going to have? Oh, we got some music news. We got some, yeah, we got some gossip.